Welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you. I'm glad to be back. No, it's been too long. We uh we took a break there, but now we're back. We got a lot of NFL and college stuff coming up. This show, of course, the 2023 NFL Draft Show. I uh, won't be doing a whole lot of diving into all of the rounds, but we will definitely talk about the first round, first pick, and the first pick for each position. Super excited about it. All right, well, we're just going to dive right in. Head first, first round. Obviously, the first pick. Quarterback's going to be it. I don't think we're going to have to debate on that any which way. But the question is, which quarterback? So the chalk is now C.J. Stroud. Most books, he's around minus one, minus 330. I know on DraftKings, he's minus 330, minus 300 on a few others. But he's uh, definitely the chalk. And then the next win up, Bryce Young, plus 250. Uh, he's projected to go second overall to the Texans. And then, of course, you got the two wild cards in Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Now, we're, for the sake of the show, we don't take chalk. I'm not going to play anything with CJ Stroud. Sure, he might be the favorite, whatever, but the, we're going to try and exploit some of this and see if we can get lucky a little bit. My take on this is that I want to find somebody who is most likely to not be CJ Stroud in this instance. So obviously, Bryce Young has the next best odds, but is he really the next? most likely or is is he really the best second option to CJ Stroud like if there's going to be an upset first overall pick is it really going to be Bryce Young or is somebody going to take a chance on somebody like Anthony Richardson who actually is turning out to be a pretty polarizing prospect and so that's what I want to start into first and now my take on this is that I do think it's Anthony Richardson and I don't think that it necessarily is honed down to the Panthers. I know they traded an overhaul to this, but I still think they can trade out of this position if they want to. And so you have a team like the Colts who are putting on more and more steam onto wanting Anthony Richardson. Now, they probably can just take the chance at third overall that he's going to be there regardless. But, you know, we've seen Jim Ursay do some stupid shit. We talked about the Anthony Richardson one a little bit. Um, I personally think, like, if I was choosing first, I would pick Bryce Young. I think he's um, the most intelligent and can make the most plays. But I've heard um, Frank Wright, who's a head coach of the Panthers now, like, not been high on, on Bryce. And I think it's because of that size. So I think, honestly, that it'll be Stroud. But if it's not Stroud, it's going to be AR because you you reminded me that he co- uh, Frank Wright was he the OC or the quarterbacks coach with Cam Newton when they yeah I think he was when, the uh, quarterbacks coach at that time and then he became OC when he went to the Eagles. Okay, and Frank Wright was a quarterback himself, so if he thinks that he can hone in Anthony Richardson actually throwing the ball, which I think is terrible, but you know maybe he'll show us something. Um, then he could do that. But I think it's one of those two. Um, it's definitely not Will Levis. Um, but if they were smart, because I'm thinking, I think if they trade back to four, they could get some extra capital or another player, and then they would still have the option to get either Stroud or Richardson. Right. I see what you're so, saying. So 
I'm thinking that if they kind of want a little bit extra and they're good with both, that they should trade back to the Colts and let the Colts do whatever. Yeah. They can scare them by going, oh, we're going to pick who you want. You I, I totally agree. So, I totally um, agree. And I, I think yeah. that nobody can rule out something crazy like the Panthers trading back out because they did. They got the Bears got an overhaul from the Panthers. Now, in reality, the Panthers could essentially do the same exact thing and potentially come out with even more and do what the Bears did yep. with all the steam heading into the draft, all of the momentum, all of the hype. Uh, they could do that same thing. And so it's just a matter of, you know, do they know who they want to pick? Like CJ Stroud is the safest bet. He has the highest floor, but does he have the highest ceiling? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I mean, I think he's going to have a great career. I do way. too. I really like, do. You know, it's just this thing of like, where's the league headed right now? We see all of these yeah. dynamic quarterbacks who are really almost better with their legs than they are their arm. But, you know, I don't think, you know, the arm talent will ever, ever take a backseat to, you know, running talent. We, we see Mahomes and Allen and those guys like Burrow, like obviously having an elite arm is what you want, but uh, having the ability to run and be as physical as Anthony Richardson, that's, that's a, that's a whole nother weapon. And so I love what you said about Frank Reich being with Cam Newton. We talk about something. Let's talk about the Panthers. The last time they were in the Super Bowl was with a quarterback, which was Cam Newton. So I could see some, some nostalgia building up and some sort of like fondness for Richardson that only the Panthers would really have as, you know, their last successful quarterback was Cam Newton, built exactly like AR. And we all know Frank Reich does not like small quarterbacks. He's made that statement. And it's interesting because Frank Reich has been stuck with guys like Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan the past few years. And it could be one of these things where he's like, okay, I know I can't succeed with just somebody standing back there in the pocket. Now, I'm not discrediting C.J. Stroud. He is a way better athlete than people give him credit for. He can throw on the run. He's amazing at it, and there's a reason that he's the favorite. But we're not trying to guess the number one overall pick. We're trying to exploit the best opportunity and the best odds of who other than C.J. Stroud it could be. And I think that points to AR. So I think it's a fun risk to take, and I, I don't think – Bryce Young would be it, um, and I don't think I don't think Will Levis. I think Will Levis hurt himself the past couple of weeks only because not not physically, but in terms of his draft stock because he didn't do what AR did in the combine. He you know he is basically the same quarterback as Anthony Richardson, but Anthony Richardson pretty much just said I am the better athlete, and so when you do that at the combine, you pretty much take precedent over Will Levis in terms of draft stock and prospect ratings. So I think that's that's really where AR is way, way over Levis in terms of rankings. And I think I think it's a safe bet to say AR will definitely go ahead of Will Levis for sure. Uh oh yeah. I've got something else interesting for you. So the Panthers roster is terrible. Mm. Right? They they traded for Miles Sanders. They don't have a good offensive line. They have a terrible defense and they traded with their best receiver. Right. So they know that they're not going to have a good year, okay? But they, I believe he was in free agency. They picked up Andy Dalton. 
who can fill that role in the meantime if Richardson isn't ready. Right. So that's another way you can look at it where if they want to take that chance for this year, they can just try out Dalton for the first six games, seven games, then put in AR and then they'll have another high draft pick next year. Yeah. More than likely because I mean, their team it's a isn't fun, looking good. It's a fun game that they're playing because they still have Matt Corral. Everybody forgets about him. He had the list rank yeah. injury. It, what about him? You know, like Corral's like, he's pretty good. I know. And if they wouldn't have signed any Dalton, I mean, that might be who they tried out there to start, you know, if Richardson isn't ready. But I think I like what you're saying. Now. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm biased against Florida, but I can definitely see a scenario where they picked up Andy Dalton for this mm-hmm. reason and that they'll put AR out there when he's ready. Yeah. Um, but I, it won't be Rice Young. And the fact that the Colts are kind of on the same, like, wave – Wavelength is is the Panthers where they both won AR. I think they should because Bryce Young's definitely going second or Stroud. I think I think Richardson will still be there at four. So if the Panthers are smart, I think they should do what I said at the beginning: trade out, get some extra stuff to fill the team out, um, and then I mean pick up Stroud or Richardson. One will be there. One will be there. Yeah, I agree, and it's. If the cold, yeah. it's easy to say this as we're sitting here with really no risk involved whatsoever, but I can only imagine what it's like being a, the owner or the GM or Frank Reich um, for the Panthers. And so there's a, there's this risk involved. They know that Anthony Richardson, best case scenario could be a Josh Allen or a Cam Newton. They know that worst case scenario is a lot worse than CJ Stroud's worst case scenario. And so you have this wide range of outcomes that it's like, do you take that risk? Because CJ Stroud does not have that wide of a range of outcomes. He certainly has a high floor. You know, it's definitely higher than Anthony Richardson's, but is his ceiling as high as Anthony Richardson's? And I think it's no. And so at that point, you have to assess you know, what kind of team you want to be, what kind of risk do you want to take? Is it going to be worth the reward? Could be. I mean, you could get a Josh Allen type quarterback on a rookie deal. And so that's when you make a good Super Bowl run. But, you know, I I agree. Like, I I don't want to sit here and knock CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud's going to be a great quarterback, but I certainly don't think he's going to be, you know, I I don't think his ceiling is as high as, but I agree. No matter who they draft, they won't be good next year. True. So really, I don't think you're losing a lot. Right. You know, and if if AR isn't it, then you can just scrap it. They're going to be bad either way. So you can just scrap it and do it all over again right. next year if you need. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I haven't even really thought about it like that. So like, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of risk. If I'm being real honest. But uh, I, I have another fun scenario for you. Say you're the Ravens and you know Lamar has a bad taste for. You know, they don't, he doesn't want to play for you anymore. I mean, I've heard reports that he does want to make things right with the Ravens if they pay him right, but it almost seems like that relationship is kind of breaking and busting at the seams. So if you're the Ravens, do you swap? Do you just say, hey, here's Lamar, give me the first round pick and a few other, few other assets? Let's go one for one. Well, they signed him to a uh, franchise tag like tender, 
So I don't think they can trade him right now. Can I they? think you can trade. I think they can trade rights. It's a uh, uh, non-exclusive franchise tag, and I think within those bounds, since it's non-exclusive, then because you know Lamar is still able to shop the free agency. Right, but no one's going to pay him what he wants. Potentially. But no one's going to pay him. What he, he might wants. not play. So, like for yeah. the Ravens, like if if the Ravens don't give him what he wants, he might just not play. And so, I just I don't think I just from what I'm seeing, I don't think anybody else is going to pay. So I think Lamar is going to be forced to either sit out or take not as big of a pay, which is crazy. What's his one year deal? It's a one year franchise tag. What's I think it's like thirty two million. I mean. For him, like it could be a big season for him if like he doesn't get anything what he wants, but he's still like he wants to play football. Or does he? Or does he just want money? I don't know. But um, you know, it could be a, a big season for him, a big turning point where he has to prove that he's still he's still good. He's still Lamar. And I think he will. But I don't think the Ravens I don't think the Ravens will make that trade. I don't that's a little far Yeah, I mean I'm just because I just trying to draw up some scenarios yeah. because I mean I don't know what's gonna happen there. And I think that the Ravens are tired of him and want to try and move him. That's it's a real opportunity. It'd be fun, but I it's probably not feasible. So I should have looked at how much uh like the salary cap, like how much funds how many funds the other teams have. Because I don't think anyone even has the funds for it unless they were to I don't know, yeah, trade somebody not else away. The Panthers will have anybody to not, trade. Yeah, they're few and far between Teams that have enough money to sign a fully guaranteed contract with the type of money that Lamar wants, but I'm surprised. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Falcons fan, and I wish that we would go after him so bad, but whatever. Ownership's always been dumb. All mm-hmm. right, well, I like that. I think we're on the same page with AR. It'll be fun. I'm going to sprinkle some with with him, and then hope for the best. Next one I wanted to talk about. Now, I only wrote down two running backs. You have Bihan, who is a wild, he's a wild favorite. I call him Bihan. Um, <laughs> my boy Bihan is like negative ten thousand to be the first running back taken yeah. in the draft. And then the second one that I wanted to talk about was Jameer Gibbs. Now, Gibbs is ten to one to get, be the first running back selected in the first round, and so. I, I wanted to write this down because I think it's fun in a way that we it's harder to predict the running back position than it is, say, the quarterback position. Because you, you talk about this these two running backs. And one is like really dynamic, great runner, and one of the best running back prospects we've seen in the past few years. But the other in Jameer Gibbs is just as good as a prospect as well, I think, because dude can catch the ball, has soft hands, and he has really quick feet. He ran like a sub-4-3-40 in the NFL draft, and he's 200-plus pounds. And so with a guy like that that moves like Alvin Kamara, how, like, would, it, would anybody be shocked if a team selected him before Bihan? Would you be surprised? Yes. And yes. Because I like being fun here, but I got to be realistic. And he is not the running back build 
to go that high, in my opinion. Do you remember when the Chiefs drafted Clyde in the last pick of the first round? Yeah. Like three years ago? That's the only team that I could see doing this because it would fit really good with that scheme, but they've got Pacheco and McKinnon. So, honestly, Bijan is a is an amazing running back, and he can, he'll be able to take that load. I don't know if Gibbs can take that load in running backs that size. If they were to play like a big workload – They'll get beat up, and so I just don't think realistically that if we if you look at the lifespan of running backs in the NFL, I think some team's going to get really lucky with them because he won't be drafted so high, and then a team will have a guy who can fill and be the change of pace back and be almost the best running back or maybe the best running back on the team. We have to use him sparingly, or else he'll get hurt, in my opinion. And he's not like a tiny guy, but he's not a big enough guy to do yeah. That. But my my my. My thing is, is like, what if a team like the Steelers, who are at pick 17 right now, they have Najee, who's dusty. I mean, his yards per carry is gross. I mean, he's a good grinder, but, like, let's get it. He's not the most dynamic player on the field by any means. And they have Jalen Warren, the backup. He's uh, relatively quick and a, a nice change of pace back. But, you know, Mike Tomlin is notoriously kind of, bumped up for a running back before he did it with Najee he did it with Le'Veon Bell before so it wouldn't surprise me if they're sitting there at 17 even though they have a lot of other stuff I get that but like if they nabbed Gibbs before Bijan you know like a little scat yeah. back to compliment uh, Najee to run their power offense I mean I can totally see that you wonder why Najee was bad last year because they don't have an offensive line. They have to draft an offensive line. There's some really good prospects. Mm-hmm. They have to. Like, it's crazy if they don't. Like, I understand why they drafted Najee, and he had a really good season the first year. But he had, like, 310 carries, and he got beat to crap. And it's like, I just I think Jalen Warren fills that role perfectly fine. They have to draft the offensive line. And I say that as a Steelers fan, they have to. But if I can see that and everyone else can, I don't know how they would waste the first-round pick. I know Jameer Gibbs is great, but I don't know how they could waste that. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to be fun, but like, <laughs> no, I just, no, I like don't, I don't see that. I get it, but it's just, it's interesting to look at that and like, okay, you know, say you're you're super casual about it. Ten bucks could win you a hundred if Jameer Gibbs goes ahead of Bijan. Like, I mean, that that's pretty good odds in my opinion. And like, for for how unpredictable yeah, no, the running back position can be in the NFL draft. Like, I understand that. And, again, same situation with CJ Stroud. I'm not knocking them. I know that they're the best overall prospects. But, like, I'm trying to think like a human being with the way that these GMs and coaches like to take risk and assess talent and the way that the game's moving forward. And I think that Jameer Gibbs can be one of those players that surprisingly takes a bump over the the guy ahead of him. And so what about the Seahawks who have two picks in the top 20 rounds? They can do some asinine stuff. They should like totally outlandish, you know, for for them to do something like draft Amir Gibbs over Bijan. So uh, I just wanted to shot that out there. But I do agree, Bijan is he's a stud. He's like Saquon Barkley's little brother. Yeah, I know he is. I just I just don't see how in anyone's right mind they would pick a smaller change of pace back over a three down back. Of Bijan Robinson, Bihan, Bihan, who's just like an absolute. They're both great running backs. I just don't see how anybody would take that over. But ten for a hundred. I mean, that like 
that's I mean that's really good odds if you want to throw it down on there. But like I think Richardson is plus seven fifty, yeah. isn't he? To go first. Yeah. Like that's way better of a bet than I would than that if you're comparing the two. That that's that's me. But uh, if you want to have a little fun, oh, for sure. out there. I don't like betting the chalk. It's not fun. I just yeah. Plus it's running I mean, what, Bijan Bihan is minus ten thousand. I mean, dude, it's like ten yeah. bucks or hundred bucks for ten bucks. Something crazy. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um all right, man. On to the next one. Nothing really too deep about the running back positions because running backs don't matter. They don't matter. No. Let's talk about that's exactly thank you. <laughs> you heard it here first. Actually not. <laughs> first wide receiver. This will be a fun one because I feel like this amongst tight ends are the two most unpredictable ones. And so Jackson Smith Nick Jigba, I can't ever get that name right. He's minus two twenty five to be the favorite. Jigba. Zay Flowers, plus four hundred. Quinton Johnston, plus five hundred to be first wide receiver off the board, and Jordan Addison plus one thousand to be first overall, and then Jalen Hyatt somewhere around plus two thousand ish. And mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this because Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba, he is a heavy favorite, but the reason I'm throwing him into the category of unpredictability is because Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba is purely a slot wide receiver. And now I get that the slot is more coveted in today's game, the quick feet, the 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 quick route running, all of that. I understand that that is growing more integral to the day's game. But as a pure slot guy, I don't think teams will reach for him first. And I think he he ran like a like four, five, five, forty, not that forties really matter. Um, it's just a matter of how quick you are and explosive you are. But I don't know. I'm not bought into to JSN being first overall. If you had to pick out of those four, who would you take? Out of those four, I'm taking Quentin Johnson. I like that. I mean, dude's a big guy, and we big frame. He's quick. He's got great hands. And the, the, like the I don't thing know with him too is that every game that TCU played, there was hard like TCU had a really good running game, and they had a good threat in Max Duggan on his legs. But outside of that, teams knew who Max was going to throw the ball to, and even though they knew that, Quinn Johnson still dominated. So. I like that yeah. pick. I mean, five to one odds to go be the first wide receiver overall, and some in a, in a position group that's a little more cloudy than others. I like that. And another one. The only the only thing is people are stupid. True, true. <laughs> people are stupid when they draft. Like that's who I like. You got to think of a longevity thing. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to get destroyed. He's a little guy. He's what is he five nine, five ten, and something like, like a hundred. But you know, Devonta Smith was. But um I yeah, I I would he's a great route runner. I wouldn't. Um for the other ones, Jordan Addison's another little guy, but I mean he was the Blitkinoff winner two years ago and he's a really good uh receiver. And then I kinda like I was watching some uh some like games Zay Flowers played. I kinda like Zay Flowers. He's a, yeah, a he's a really explosive guy and a bigger guy too. He's good. And he was Boston College's best receiver by far. Um 
But I just I think that the guys who actually press the button to draft are stupid, and they won't pick Quentin Johnson first. That's what I would do personally. I think he's the best wide receiver prospect out there. Yeah, I mean, I I love that, and I think Zay Flowers is a beast only only because of Steve Smith's breakdowns. If you don't follow him, you should go find him. He uh he cracks me up with that kind of stuff, but. No, yeah, I, I like that pick as well. He seems to gain a lot of steam for some reason. Uh, I think just because of his pure ability and um, playmaking. The combine I mean, yeah, too. He did really well in the combine. Freak in the in the underwear competition. Um, that's what the combine is. <laughs> uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, I would have expected him to have a better year this past year. He was like one of the highly too. most highly touted wide receivers coming into last college football season uh didn't produce a whole lot but i mean dude's still quick now i don't think uh teams are really going to take a bet on him before any of the other three um and one receiver that i want to talk about on a personal level it's not jalen hyatt it's cedric tillman i think that if he left for the draft before this year he would be in conversations for the first overall receiver I mean, he just dominated, and I think that for teams that want a big, fast receiver, that can be Cedric Tillman. He's kind of like the whole package. He's like a like a mini AJ Brown, in my opinion. And it's not because I'm a Tennessee homer, maybe a little bit, but I'm saying this because I wrote something down where on some books I know I, I got this on win, but but you can take Cedric Tillman over under rounds three and a half and so i did i bet him two to one to go in the first three rounds and i think that's a great pick and i think that some team is going to take a bet on him before the fourth round gets around and so i think if you can find that like shop it i think that's a great bet and i know i get it like the tennessee homerism is coming out of me but i say that because i've watched him play every single year and i know how good he can be Mm -hmm. so no, he's a physical guy with great hands, and he's deceptively fast. He's not quick, but, you know, he reminds me from the Tennessee perspective of a mixture of Callaway and Palmer. And, like, Palmer's having a pretty good career over there um, with the Chargers. And I think that he could surpass that um, career up until right now. Josh Palmer Callaway hasn't had a great career, but he reminds me a lot of those guys, and I think he can be – like a team that's not very like good, let's say like they don't have good like wide receiver depth. If he were to get drafted on there, I think he'd be he'd be a starter halfway through the season easily, maybe even at the beginning of the season. Um, but I really like. I think all those wide receivers will be gone by round three mm-hmm. and a half, personally, um, including Hyatt too. And I don't know, I don't, I didn't look too deep into all the wide receivers in the draft, but um, I think that's a pretty good bet. I like that one. I'll probably go take that one. Yeah. Should be a fun one. It's I uh last position group we're gonna talk about the tight ends, my favorite one. This is gonna be fun because uh Michael Meyer, Notre Dame, he's the favorite. He's at like minus one twenty. Sometimes you can get him one to one odds at other places as a favorite. The next up is Dalton Kincaid. He's plus 140 to go first overall out of the tight end group. And then third, 
had to write Darnell Washington down. He's plus 400, 4 to 1 to go as the first tight end overall. And then Luke Musgraves is also one that I wanted to talk about, and Sam Laporta, who also have odds of like 10 to 1. And so Michael Myers is the favorite right now. He's a Notre Dame guy. He does a lot of things well, but there's not really one particular thing he does great. I'm not taking the chalk. That's not, I'm not doing that. Now, you can, Don Kincaid is a second favorite, but Darnell Washington is the one that I wanted to talk about because at four to one odds, I think it's a, I think it's a fun risk to take because dude's nearly 300 pounds. He can be a, is he six nine? I think he's bigger. I think he's like, <laughs> I don't even know. I'd have to pull up his stuff, but he's like six, eight, six, nine. Maybe he might be bigger. Um, but I know that he showed up to the combine at like 280 and ran like a reasonably fast 40 for a guy his size. And so a guy who can do that and a guy who can be a red zone target that big and a guy who can block as well, Darnell Washington's like a, a tackle. He's an extension of a lineman who just has the ability to go Literally. catch every now and then. And so the reason I like him at one is not because necessarily his – robust receiving skills but his really good blocking skills and nowadays it's hard to find a tight end that can you know do both you know really kind of going in on uh, more of these athletic build tight ends who are really just like specialized in receiving and they don't really block that well but with darnell think about all the things you can do you can load up in the red zone he can block and be a big body when you need him to uh, he can slip out and be a massive target in the end zone if you need him to. And I think that, like, let's be honest here. I think tight end, offensively speaking, might be one of the slowest developing positions in the league. Don't you agree? Yeah. And so you either come out good or you don't. You don't. Yeah. Develop. I mean, like, think about like, let's talk about some of the most recent tight end prospects. I mean, like Kyle Pitts had a really good first year, but that was. Aside the fact he had a slow down like second year, uh, Pat Fryermuth took a couple of years for him to come out, be be good. Travis Kelsey he had like four years before he became truly relevant with the Chiefs. Uh, Gronkowski fell to the second round because of his injury issues. Took him a while to get started up and end up dominating. Um, and I, like outside of that, I mean, I don't really know who else who came immediately after the draft and dominated. George Kittle took a while to get going. Uh, so, no, actually, it was it was halfway through his first season. I thought it was second season. It might have been his first. I season. thought he was a rookie. I think he okay. was a rookie. Well, that's impressive. If so, but my point is, you yeah. hardly find a tight end who comes in and has a amazing rookie year. And so, I mean, like look look at the past couple of years. You had OJ Howard, Herb Smith Jr., and like guys like that, like Greg Dolchich and stuff. Greg Dolchich had a reasonable ending to the uh, latter half of the year, but you know, OJ Howard was like the epitome of an amazing tight end coming out of Alabama. He was a five-star recruit. He dominated in college. He was a beast in the red zone, but he ended up being nothing. So anyway, I digress. My point is why like Darnell Washington, I think is a safe bet because you know, he can block. You know he can do do well uh, with the level of talent that is in the NFL. I'm not saying that the SEC is like NFL 
level talent, but it's definitely elevated talent over some of these other conferences. So 41 odds for Darnell Washington, a guy who's 280 pounds, 6'8", 6'9". I mean, that's pretty reasonable. I, I think like you find a GM who's just one of those football guys. He's like licking his chops over this dude, I bet. So uh, I think Darnell Washington is like the bet that I want to exploit as first tight end to go overall. And I just, I, I think that's, that's a fun one for me too. Like, and who knows, maybe only one or two of these actually hit, but I'd rather be doing this than taking the chalk. And then it ended up not happening. You know, I have a lot to say on this. Oh, here we go. With you. I'll start, I'll start with Darnell. Um, Gigante dude. Okay. Um, let's compare him to Kyle Pitts. Okay. Kyle Pitts was basically a giant receiver in college. Okay. And, he comes out here to the NFL and he had a pretty good rookie season, but he wasn't separating or manhandling like he did in college because the linebackers are faster mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he didn't like separate like all that much. Um, and I think he's better in all facets than Darnell Washington. Um, I don't think Darnell Washington is going to be able to be that receiving receiver. Maybe in the red zone, but I just don't think that, you know, 10-yard line to 10-yard line, I think you can find a better person or a better prospect that can do everything else really good um, than him, okay? I think the best, like, Michael Myers, more of, like, kind of, like, in line. He went out on the side a little bit, but he was a really good blocker for Notre Dame. Um, so I think he's a better blocker than Darnell. I think Darnell's completely raw, but I don't think, like we were saying, you either come in good or you're not. You know, it takes – it's not developed very well. I don't personally think he's going to develop that great. Okay. Now here's my, my boldness on this. Um, so I did my, I did my, um, I don't think Michael, Michael Myers is going to be the first one or Michael Mayer. Um, who was our team last year, Harrison? Our team, like the who NFL was, team. Who was our, who, who was America's team? Our you mean team? the Lions? I mean the Lions. Who did the Lions just trade away? Wait, they traded away TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. They did trade away TJ Hawkinson. Let's see where you're going. How does their offense look? His offense looks pretty good right now. They've got um, Jamison Williams coming back healthy, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, Dave Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift, Jared Stink at quarterback. Um, so my boldness here is I'm sorry, hold on. Um, Dan Campbell was a tight end, was he not? He was. He was, wasn't he? He was. I think that the Lions at number seven overall, I'm sorry, number six overall, take Dalton Kincaid. Wow. Wow. It's a bold prediction. I like Kincaid. I think he'll. I think he is a very, very athletic tight end. I think he proved that he's got that dog in him playing for Utah. And that's another thing. If we think of the guy, the tight ends that are really good, Kelsey, crazy, Kittle, a freaking bulldog out there. And I think Kincaid can provide that. I don't see that type of mantra from any of the other tight ends in this draft. And I think Dan Campbell fills that spot to keep that offense real spry and goes Dalton Kincaid. At the sixth overall pick. If they don't pick it, well, if they don't pick like 
a defensive player, but they just got Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton, and CJ Gardner Johnson to play defensive back. And I think the only other one, the only other direction they go is defensive back in there with um, Witherspoon or Gonzalez from Oregon. Okay. Dalton Kincaid, sixth overall. It's a bold take, man. It's a really bold take. I love it. I love it, though. As as soon as it happens, you're the first one I'm going to call. Yeah, I hope so. But either way, I think Kincaid will go first. Okay. I don't think it's going to be Meyer. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I I think I I agree. And I mean, it almost feels like Meyer's like too safe of a prospect to go first overall. Yeah. um, I like that. If you have DraftKings pulled up, see if you can do Kincaid to the Lions. Can you do that already? Uh, No, those aren't out yet. It's probably like plus 10,000. Yeah, you'll have to wait. Probably like plus 10,000. But I mean, that's an interesting theory. If you were to do position group, I think it's like plus 1,500 or something like that for them to get a tight end. Okay. First. Nah, I think they have nobody at tight end. That's a good point. I, uh, they have nobody at tight end. Their tight ends are Brock Wright, Zane Zolstra, and James Mitchell. Zane Zolstra. <laughs> uh, so I think they add that element. Okay. And I'm hard-pressed on that. I respect that. I respect that. That, uh, that changes my perspective. But I still like the Darnell risk take, but man, you make a hard, you drive a hard bargain. It's a hard sell. Yeah, isn't it? that's a good one. I might have to sprinkle. I might have to sprinkle. Okay. All right. There, there's, I want to divide, divert this into the last conversation of the show and going to split it into two parts. One, I saw this fun prop total quarterbacks overall in the first round over under four and a half over is Two and a half to one odds. So plus 250 on the books for most. Uh, you could get some a little higher potentially. Um, but the highest one I saw so far is two and a half to one. And I just, I sat and I thought all day the other day about this one because you know three are going. You know that CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young are going. And then you know. Potentially, Will Levis is going to go. I mean, he he feels like a at least a safe late round bet, and so it's really just a matter of like he's pretty safe. Just like Hinden Hooker go, uh, you know, Dorian does he go? Does Max Duggan go? Like, there's so many random options that can potentially make it in this QB frenzy. Because here's here's my question to use: Do you think that? All of this this quarterback rich, this quarterback saturated draft is going to make some of these other GMs be like, I want to get in on this fun. I'm going to draft a quarterback. Or do you think it kind of drives them away and being like, oh, I got to wait another year because they're taking all the good ones. What do you think happens in this situation? I'll tell you this. I think that the quarterback position, the prospects drop off tremendously after Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Okay, I'll, I'll put that out there. But definitely, AR is definitely going in the first round. Probably in the top five. Um, now, Levis, who I think sucks large wiener, um, there's been pretty good, like, uh, you know, Brady's gone, and the Bucks have – that's kind of where he's projected to go now, I think, is to the Bucks because they have Kyle Trask and they have – Yeah, Michael. but it's crazy because and Kyle Trask and – you know, Will Levis are the same quarterback, except that's, they're both white. Yep, <laughs> right. That's it. 
<laughs> they really are though. They re- they really are. They're very similar, yeah. but Trask is way better than Levis. Um, but the interesting one, it's four and a half as the prop. Four and a half quarterbacks. I think it goes over because of an interesting take about Hendon Hooker going to the Vikings at 23rd mm. with Kirk Cousins with one year left in his contract. Oh, I got Because just, just think like if he, like Kevin O'Connell is a, is a new aged guy. He's like up tempo, like wants the passing, the uh, passing game going, uh, head coach. Um, I think he could, I think Hendon would be very, very good in that offense if, and they could save a lot of money based on that rookie contract. If they let Kirk's contract roll out and have Hendon come back him up for a year, learn the offense and then play year two. Yeah. And it seems like this question really just boils down to does Hendon Hooker go overall and like in the first round overall in general? Yeah. And it's starting. I don't think anyone else would. I don't either. Cause I mean, it's like Aiden McConnell from Purdue, uh, Tanner McKee from Stanford no. and like Max Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be the next one. I feel yeah. Like. But he like, he's, he got some poor ratings, which I'm surprised because he was a baller, but I mean, it's like him, Max Duggan, Aiden O'Connell and those guys. And so it, it really, there's a steep drop off, like you said earlier. And I think that the question boils down to, Hendon Hooker. And so now that we talk this through, it almost makes more sense to go after Hendon Hooker's prop, which the other day I looked at it and it was like four to one to go overall, which now I think is driven down a little bit. But due to the news, like with the Seahawks, I think that was the, the story that broke. But, you know, over four and a half QBs is two and a half to one. But if you can shop and find Hendon Hooker in the first round overall, like three to one or four to one, that might be a best bet because it seems like that. That prop hinges on the fact if Hendon Hooker goes first round overall or not. So, uh, just throwing that out there. I mean, that, that's something that you can pivot on and potentially uh, find success with. And so, Gino Gino just signed a really big contract. I think it's for three years. True. I, yeah. I was going to try to check on that. But I mean, you know, um, what, so I don't think Seattle is drafting a quarterback. They, you know, you never know. Teams are starting to kind of pony up and do like. Think about what the Packers did. They still drafted Jordan Love first round overall, even though they had Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it kind of seems like more and more teams want to get a guy, storm behind their starting QB now, let them learn, let them get developed, and then let them let them loose a couple years down the road. So, the thing about A Rod is he wanted out, so they were doing Love to prepare for like the next year, like this Kirk Cousins scenario I'm giving you. That's true, but I mean, what about Pat? That's why I think I think the most like. What? what about Patrick Mahomes? They had Alex Smith to a long deal contract. They drafted Mahomes. Did they? Yeah. Did he get hurt or did he just? I think. Yeah, that, but Mahomes was like more generational coming out. I mean, I didn't see it, but. He was, um, I mean, I don't know, man. He was he drafted redid. 11th overall. And, you know, I like, I agree he was like a big time prospect, but he wasn't a first overall pick. Nobody ever earned his name for the first overall pick. So. We could be surprised. I don't know. I know. I just uh, Seattle's got a lot of holes, and they just signed Gino for three years. I just don't like a, the fifth pick. I just don't see them. But what about the twentieth pick? They could. They could. That that that's where I, I was think it was a four and a half. I wasn't thinking fifth pick because I think they're going to yeah. go like you know Will Anderson or like Tanner or the other guy from Texas Tech if yeah. they, if they can. So 
But yeah, I mean that's that's something to think There's about. There's a lot of good defensive prospects. I think they should go defense personally, but um but yeah, I mean they, they definitely could in that, that second one. And there's a couple teams that have like two or three picks in the first round, so they could, but I like I like what's Hendon's like over under for draft pick? Like is it second round? And what I think it was and then he got some steam on some books due to the Seahawks report. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, I think I think four and a half over four and a half is pretty safe. Yeah. Well, a two to one definitely safe. We'll see, man. I'm excited, and that brings me to my second question. This one, I mean, there's not a whole lot of value to, but it's fun. Stetson Bennett, does he get drafted or does he not? No. It's two to one right now, and I think that there's a good chance that he truly does go undrafted with how saturated the quarterback market is. But the only thing is, it's like, you know, does a team take a chance? Like they know that, you know, he, he was in a good system under Monkian at Georgia. They know like he's got a winner's mentality, yada, yada, whatever. So does a team take a risk of him? Cause I mean, if this sounds crazy that I'm drawing this, this parallel, but if Brock Purdy did not have the year that he just had with the 49ers, I would be all over this bet right now saying Stetson Bennett will not be drafted. But the thing is, is that GMs can see the success that the 49ers had with Brock Purdy and how, you know, maybe having a guy like that can be safe in the long run because say their starting QB does go down. Like Stetson Bennett is the exact same QB as Brock Purdy. In essence, so you know, you know who's going to draft Stetson Bennett. Do I? Bill Belichick. No, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No. No. He's Tom Brady. No. He's literally Tom Brady. No. No. I fucking hate that guy. No. Yeah, I, I. I really loved that because I, 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 I thought it was hilarious that in itself it was a standalone prop on some books. Like, will Stetson Bennett get drafted? Yes or no? It was, it was just a standalone <laughs> prop. So I, I thought it was funny. I had to throw it in here because I, as I did my research on this, I was like, there's no way he gets drafted. There's too many QBs. But then again, I was like, I saw a comp, a draft comp to Brock Purdy. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Do all these GMs think they're going to get the next Brock Purdy if they draft Stetson Bennett? And I think that's what that's what's going to happen. Like you said, the people that push the actual button and write the ticket, pretty stupid. Yeah, they're crazy. So they're I, crazy. I had to throw that one in there. I I think he'll get drafted late. Mm. We'll see. Unfortunately, we'll see. All right, man. That wraps it up for what I had. That was a fun deep dive. We have a lot to talk about later on this year. We have the NFL free agency cleanup. We'll uh, kind of navigate where teams are standing right now and a few prop bets for MVP awards and other awards. That'll be a fun show because then we'll really get into the nuts and bolts of our bold predictions. So, And then we'll also have a college football show. I'm excited about that one. And it sucks that we uh, – we have to wait one more year until the 12-team playoff, but 
Hey, we can oh, yeah. uh, get in the nitty gritty with the uh, conference championships, and there's there's some realignment that's been done. So there's going to be a ton to talk about. But with that, any last remarks? Good. All right, brother. Glad to go go balls. Glad to be back. Let's keep it going. Let's have some fun. Appreciate you joining me. Talk to you guys later.